And for tonight, the way I'd like to begin is to begin by sharing with you a poem. It's a, a poem by the poet Jean Nordhaus, who I just discovered. She's really an incredible, incredible poet. And she has this poem and it's called, I was always leaving. And she begins, she begins, she says, I was always leaving. I was about to get up and go. I was on my way, not sure where, somewhere else, not here. Nothing here was good enough. It would be better there where I was going. Not sure how or why, you know, the dome I cowered under would be raised and I would be released into my true life. And I would meet there the ones I was desired to meet, destined to meet. They would make an opening for me among the flutes and the boulders and I would be taken up. That this might be a form of death did not occur to me. I only know that something held me back, a doubt, a debt, a face I could not leave behind. When the door fell open, I did not go through. I was always leaving. And tonight I, I want to just to slow down with this poem and to look at it from the point of view of our spiritual practice. And in particular, our practice of meditation because I find it a really interesting turn of what happens in this poem. And maybe some of you, you know, can relate to this in some manner. Have you noticed, have you noticed how your heart and mind are always, or sometimes at least trying to leave? As she says, I was always leaving. I was about to get up and go. I was on my way somewhere else, not here. And maybe you know that feeling, the promise of something better over there. You ever feel that? And yes, I want to be clear. Sometimes over there is better and I can be take the skillful response of walking over there. But I feel like what she's talking about in this poem is more the habitual leaving that can happen in our systems that can feel more like a habit that I'm even unconscious of. In some ways, I'm embarrassed to share. Once I found this poem, so I found this poem in this collection of poetry, and I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is so wonderful. And then the next impulse was leaving. I was like, I wonder if there's a better poem. <laughs> and there I was, like, I was leaving. <laughs> there's got to be a better one somewhere. I mean, it is good, but maybe there's something better. And there I was. I was out the door. I was leaving. I was leaving instead of lingering. And I want to point out, it can even be around a positive experience. Here's this sweet poem that I could linger, that I could stay here with. And there my mind was leaving, leaving instead of lingering. It was straying instead of staying. Ever notice this in your life? To me, this is one of the appeals of of this path 
is the promise of lingering and staying instead of always leaving and straying. And maybe you've noticed this also just in the bigger sense, you know, especially here we are, maybe you're looking at your computer right now or your phone. You know how those things can be. You need to get some work done, leaving Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, the news. And we can even have the excuses, right? I need to be informed. I need to read some more news. <laughs> maybe there's some truth to that, but maybe it's just habitually leaving rather than lingering, straying instead of staying. Like we leave the task at hand, the work we need to do right here and we, we, we stray away. And in terms of our spiritual practice, you could say that the task at hand is to be present with our experience. So when I found myself leaving for the better poem, <laughs> other than this one, straying into somewhere else, oh, can I linger just with that act? To linger, to stay here with that feeling. Oh, restlessness, that's what's going on. Here it is, yep, oh, I'm feeling restless. I'm wanting something better, oh, here it is, interesting. So I want, to, I want to point out when I stay, when I linger, sometimes I'm just with the impulse to leave. Oh, restlessness is like this. And then here I am, I'm, I'm staying, I'm lingering, getting clear about actually what's going on rather than habitually leaving. And then I see the leaving from a different light. To notice that, when does your mind want to leave? Can you stay? Can you stay here for the sadness, the frustration, the joy, the excitement, the confusion right here? And then just as she says in the poem, which I find such an interesting uh, turn at the end of the poem, you know, when that door opens to not go through. And I feel like that's one of the skills I'm learning. Brian, no, don't go through it. Don't go through the door. <laughs> right here, linger, stay here. This invitation to linger here, to stay here, instead of lingering, uh, uh, lingering instead of leaving. And yes, I, I at least want to acknowledge and name the nuance of our meditation. Yeah, there's going to be times when you're meditating or in your life when the experience is so strong or so overwhelming, the skillful thing to do is to leave. But that's a different kind of leaving. That's not this habitual leaving I'm talking about. Sometimes our hearts and minds need a break. And one of the skills we're learning in meditation is how to skillfully stay and how to skillfully get some space around an experience where we need to step away in a skillful way. But that's another talk, but I wanna bookmark it. <laughs> and then there's also the realization that she has in the poem, and maybe you remember it. Oh, that this might be a form of death did not occur to me. 
this leaving that I'm doing. Interesting, it's a kind of dying, a kind of death that's happening. And of course, being a Buddhist practitioner, I couldn't help but <laughs> hear the connection to a, a, a quote from the Buddha in the Dhammapada. Many of you might know it, where, where the Buddha says, you know, those who are mindless without mindfulness are as if already dead. When I'm living a mindless life, oh, I'm, I'm not here. And that's that sense of getting a sense of how mindlessness is a kind of death in our lives. And I, I want to point out, this is so essential if we want to find a deeper way of being in the world. And in that same quote in the Dhammapada, he has it tied with those who are mindful. The, the Pali word is uh, apamada, which is uh, sometimes translated as diligence, or in the commentaries, it's translated as this constant mindfulness. And so those who are mindful is this path. It's this path that leads to the deathless. So what's the deathless? It's one of these, you know, the Pali word amata in, uh, in Pali, Pali being the early scriptural language of Buddhism, is a, sometimes it's a, it's a hard idea to get our minds around. And I think that's the purpose of it. And it's pointing to, maybe for the intents and purposes of this talk, that potential of that which is timeless, that's beyond mere arising and passing away, that has a sense of maybe eternality to it, that we can touch, that opens up something of such a deeper way of being but we need, we need this tool of mindfulness to, to begin to touch that. And maybe some of you have had at least moments of that sense of timelessness at some point in your life that might be a, a hearkening in this direction where something opens up in here rather than there. Right? That sense of experience having no time. And when I say no time, I mean the spaciousness of that. You know, I'm not talking about like, I don't know why I decided to do this today, but I decided to go running with my partner and she was using an app and it felt timeless, but it felt like it was never gonna end. <laughs> I told her I felt like it was like the twilight zone, like, like, this app is just like on a repeat in some way and it felt timeless but not in a i don't think the buddha was pointing to that but but you never know the the timelessness where it feels like space opens rather than oppresses so being present right to stay here and uh, just to tie this to another interesting teaching of the Buddhas, where he talks about um, he talks about these five spiritual faculties, and one of these faculties, the middle one, is mindfulness. And the the Pali word for faculty is indriya, which means that which belongs to indra, 
And Indra was a god from the early Vedic tradition in India. And Indra was this deity that was a protector. And in, at least in the early Vedic tradition, this changes later on in the tradition. Indra is this Vedic god that, that protects and uh, Indra protects our happiness and our well-being. So I find it so interesting that here this faculty, this instrument, you could say, that we can play to be mindful is divine in some manner, but it's right in here. And it protects our happiness, our well-being in some manner. A divine instrument in your heart and mind there that you can contact that allows you to stay here. And as I was slowing down with this notion of mindfulness being a spiritual faculty that's right here, like a faculty of this heart and mind, or I like this sense of it's an instrument of this heart and mind that I can learn to use. But I remember I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law and he's, uh, he was a professional cellist and he spent his career also teaching the cello. And he was sharing with me that when you get a new instrument, a new really good cello, it actually needs to be played quite a bit before it starts to really sound good because it's the playing that develops the resonance of a wood instrument like that. It helps deepen the sense of, um, of, the, of the sound and the tone and the, the resonances and the harmonics of the, of the, of the instrument. And literally what's happening is that the vibrations of playing the channel, uh, cello changes the very nature of the wood. And it's wild, you know, they've of course, at least in the last couple of decades, have done research on this to show how vibrations like this change the nature of wood. I mean, I, I never knew this, this is so wild to me. Maybe some of you who played instruments like the violin or the cello know this. And he was also sharing with me that he had the experience of playing a cello that was made in 1785. And he just said it was an amazing experience, not only because of the craft, craftsmanship, but because it had literally centuries of being played that deepened the harmonics, the resonance of this amazing instrument. And I love to slow down with this notion of what we're touching into in our practice when we do this simple meditation practice together. That here we are, here you've been graced with this spiritual faculty of being aware of your experience. Isn't that a cool thing just to spend a Monday evening just, just to play that instrument? And who cares what happens? <laughs> just to play the instrument. And for me, I don't know if any, all of you would use this language, and I want to be careful here, so you have to find the language that resonates for you. But for me, there is something, I would say, divine or mysterious and sacred about this instrument, this ability to be aware. Just reflect on it right now. Here we are on this teeny little planet 
in this vast universe, partaking in this spiritual faculty of being aware. What a mystery. How can it not be sacred and divine? And then with the practice, it's, it's getting a sense of like, oh, it's within me, this spiritual faculty, but it's not me. Sometimes it feels like being aware is much vaster than what I call me. It's more profound than just little old me. And when I start to taste that about it, it, it feels like it has this potential, this real potential of spiritual freedom. Here we are, this, this instrument, this spiritual factor, faculty belonging to Indra. And this is our task, is to take up this divinely crafted instrument and then use it again and again so that it gets shaped to be sensitive to the depths of our momentary experience, to really open up to what's going on right here, just like with a cello. And it's interesting, the, the other um, thing my brother-in-law shared with me is that over time, at least in the circles he was in of uh, musicians, is a really fine cello not only gets shaped by the musician, but the musician and their style get shaped by the cello. So it's, it's, it's as if playing a particular cello again and again is going to shape how the, the musician hears and plays music. So yeah, we refine this divine instrument of being aware over time. And then can you allow it to shape you? Oh, mindfulness, it's shaping me. It's shaping my heart and mind. It shapes how I am in the world. It shapes my thoughts and emotions and how I relate to them. So lingering instead of leaving, staying instead of strain. And it's here in the lingering and the staying that I learn how to play this sacred instrument, this divine instrument, that it's so much vaster than me, that shapes me. And as I began with, even in the leaving and the strain, I can see, I can bring this awareness. It's like, here's the leaving, but then I see it right here. I use this faculty, this instrument of being aware to deeply recognize it. And this is what I want to point out is it's, it's, it's like it's broadening nowness. I get to see that restlessness, it's not me or mine, it's arising and it's passing away. And that's super freeing when I start to see the, the fabric of it, or I get the sense of how it feels in the body. I get to start to have a sense of what it feels like to have space around a difficult emotion and how it can be okay and how it's really just another cloud passing in the sky. All of these dimensions that I can begin to taste when I stay, when I linger. 
instead of when I stray and leave. As, as Paul Valery says, there is another world and it is in this one. Can you touch the other world, but can you see that it's in this one right here? So tonight we'll explore this. What's it like when we, in just a few minutes, begin to sit in meditation together, just to notice the leaving and the strain, and to see if you can stay, see if you can linger with what's going on, even with the, the leaving and the, the, the strain part. And then the second piece, can you get a sense of how there's a spiritual faculty at work when you're being aware? That's really quite a gift that has a power to it that can shape you and you can shape it with, with time, with repetition. Okay, so let's take three minutes. We'll take three minutes and maybe stretch the body, move around, and then we'll come back here for uh, uh, sitting meditation together. So just see you in a few minutes here. Okay, so we'll start again here. So if you're still wandering around, you might wanna come back to our gathering here. And I wanna point out something before we start to meditate together is just as at this beginning, one of the things I will, I'm inviting you to get a sense of through the talk I gave was to get a different feeling of being present. So for me to kind of bring life to my practice, a lot of times I have to mix up how I frame what it means to be present. And tonight what I'm inviting you to do is to get a sense of just noticing how being aware, and I don't know what the, the word is gonna be for you, but noticing how just being aware, there's something maybe for some of you that feels wondrous or maybe for some others of you, there might be a sense of sacredness in the simple act of being aware. Or for others of you, that which is called divinity is somehow connected with being aware. And then for others, it might be, oh, there's something really mysterious just about being aware. But I invite you to find the word that evokes the feeling that brings newness Curiosity just to being aware right now as you hear the sound of my voice coming and going. Especially for those of you who've been meditating a long time, a lot of times it's like, okay, we're gonna be mindful again. Been there, done that, <laughs> whatever. Come on, Brian, <laughs> I know this. And that's what happens in my mind. And then it, the mindfulness isn't as alive. So I invite you to begin that way of like, okay, here, here it is. Oh, wow. Just hearing the sound of Brian's voice coming and going, just feeling the body. There it is. There's the wonder of it all. There's the sacredness of it. To begin with that feeling. 
And then to linger, to linger with something simple right now with like the feeling of the body in whatever position it's in. Staying right here with simply feeling the body. And now I invite you to linger a while with allowing the body to ease, to relax, to maybe settle downward. And now if you sometimes use some kind of anchor for your meditation, like the breath or the activity of hearing or the feeling of the body to begin to linger, to stay with that a little bit more closely. And if, for example, you're feeling the breath or whatever it is, like the expanding and contracting of the rib cage, can you taste the wondrous quality of simply being aware or the divine or sacred quality of it? savor that as well.
And just to stay, just to linger here. And if leaving or straying happens, to linger with that. Oh, what's that like? Well, it feels like this. So continuing in this way. Discover that there is another world and it's in this one. And when you notice the mind leaving and strain, to linger with that, to stay with it, which means just to reflect, oh yeah, it's getting lost in worry or planning. To linger in that way.
And in order to refine this art of playing this instrument of presence, of lingering or staying, to feel into all these dimensions of hereness. For example, this quality of breathing, it's not me or mine or hearing, it's just this activity. And you might wanna place in there every so often just a sentence in the passive voice to evoke this, such as breathing is happening or hearing is happening. to taste that it's just this, this selfless nature of experience. It could even be trying to taste the selfless nature of experience is happening or over-efforting is happening. <laughs> to notice this flavor, it's all it takes to linger, to stay with that.
just staying really gently staying instead of straying opening to this wondrous spiritual faculty of being awake of being present how mysterious it is or maybe even sacred
Now we're going to be transitioning into a guided meditation. So if you just need to briefly move the body, feel free to do so. And just to frame this guided meditation, just as we learn to kind of engage with this instrument of being present, we can expand our, our skill with this instrument of learning how to bring certain flavors through that instrument. And the one flavor we'll be exploring this evening is this uh, quality of um, mudita, which is uh, sometimes translated as appreciative joy. It's this ability to enjoy the joy of our others, of others, or just to really savor the own joys in our life. And it's, first of all, it's so much fun. It feels so good. <laughs> and so important for really expanding this spiritual faculty that we're exploring. So in light of this, uh, once again, allowing the attention to come inward, maybe just being with something simple like the feeling of the breath or sounds And then bringing your attention to the heart center. So right where your sternum is there, you might even want to put your hand there just to feel into the heart center of your experience. And it might be experiencing something just really simple, like the feeling of the breath, or there might be some quality of heart there. Maybe the heart feels open and settled or hesitant or quiet or tired. Just to acknowledge that, to linger, to stay with the heart. I now invite you to bring into your heart or into your mind, you could say, some being who you know something's going really well in their life. And we want to pick the easiest being for us to really appreciate their joy. So sometimes for people, it's like a pet dog. They get to go on a walk. They got their dog food. You see them wagging their tail or getting excited or a kitty cat. Or it could be a friend who just got a job they wanted or just lost a job they wanted to lose. It's whatever that is. A friend who got healthy from a sickness, they're feeling better. So bring that being into your heart and to see their joy, maybe see the smile on their face, see how delighted they are. and allow it to touch you, to be moved by it. And sometimes for some people using a phrase like, just something simple, like, I'm so happy that you're happy. Or may your blessings and good fortune continue and increase. 
So to linger with their joy, to stay with it, to appreciate it. Slowing down with it as you imagine them and their joy. That quality, I'm so happy that you're happy. May your blessings and good fortune continue and increase. Lingering with this being and their joy. I now invite you to transition and to bring into your heart joys in your own life and appreciating them. Really, the other word for this is gratitude. <laughs> what are you grateful for? What's, what's the joys in your life? If you're in Flagstaff, it could be all the snow that came. It could be a sunrise or a sunset or the stars. The fact that you're breathing, it could be so simple. And to be touched by the things that bring you joy in your life. And at times, as you're lingering with the joy in your life, you might want to try a phrase, may my blessings and good fortune continue and increase. Savoring your own joy now.
I now invite you to just notice what being randomly comes into your heart. That being where there's some joy in their life. And cultivating this quality of, I'm so happy that you're happy. May your blessings and good fortune continue and increase. Appreciating their joy. And then see the next random being that just arises in your heart. Same practice. Continuing this way, appreciating the joy of others in this way. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.